Professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. And now, the man known to sci fi readers as the fat Harry Potter of podcasting, Carl Franklin. Hello, and welcome to Mondays. It's a freaky geek show, and you're going to like it, I promise. Uh, my name is Carl Franklin. I'm here in New London, Connecticut, with a bunch of geeks, of course. Uh, Karen is here with me, but not a geek. I think she's a girl, not a geek. (laughs) Thank God. Dwayne is not here. Dwayne isn't there. That's really good to hear, Carl. You lost him, didn't you, man? (laughs) He he didn't show up. You ditched Dwayne. You ditched Dwayne, man. You know, he didn't show up. So I'm assuming that he's not going to. You never know, though. And uh, Jeff, (laughs) how are you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm recording the show this time based out of my apartment. I'm in, uh, and I'm in Hudson, New York, the HUD. The HUD. Yeah. The HUD. Yeah. Not to be confused with the heads up display. So, uh, you, this is the first Mondays you've actually recorded remotely. This I thought is you a, did this last is, week's remotely. We've, we've done like bits and chunks of Mondays before. Um, but this is going to be the first, you know, like I think properly done one. I got my telephone interface. I'm using my, my condenser mic and my headphones instead of using a crappy cell phone with a $10 Walmart hands free adapter. So I'm ah, happy. Awesome. So yeah. That sounds cool. That, that, that telephone stuff is is really what makes uh, the show work. Without it, we would be uh, we would sound terrible. We'd sound like that really awesome show that we played a couple episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, dude, Mark- we're podcasting, yeah. podcasting, podcasting raw. Richard, how are you this week, man? Oh wow, my week's been frenetic. It's been crazy, and it's not work troubles, you know. Yeah, but I got no kids. They're all off camping and things, so. At least that much is working. Unfortunately, the wife's <laughs> leaving too, so just going to be me in the house for a while. Me and the convalescing puppy, the convalescing dog, which I can't wait to hear about. But first, Mark Miller in Hollywood, you had a you had a quite a weekend, huh? It sucks, man. <laughs> what happened? I just, I just completed the three day eco challenge that is Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had three day passes, and it's like every day, hot, beating down sun, you know taunted by $3 cotton candy, you know, displays all over the place. And everybody had a f***ing smile on their face the whole time, except for us. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's the happiest place on earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about happy when my daughter skinned her knee and I asked for a Band-Aid. They said, oh, we sell those. seventy-five. It's all about being humane, you know. Actually, though, good parents actually bring Band-Aids with them. So. Ooh, smack. <laughs> 
Smack yeah. y'all. I'm not. I'm still trying to get that good parent award. I was like, <laughs> at one point, I was like talking about. I don't remember what it was. Some lady was asking me about something about, uh, you know, whatever. And I was talking about how what a great parent I was, et cetera, et cetera. She says, "Wow, that's great. Where are your kids?" And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost won the award, and then she pointed out that little technicality. Denied. Oh well. I got a story for you guys before we get started here. I, uh, my wife called me the other day. I was at work and she said, can you stop at Sears on the way home and get a vacuum cleaner uh, fan belt for the vacuum cleaner? Great. What, what kind is it? She gives me the kind. Dwayne can help you out with that, actually. I'm sure he can. Yeah. The fan belt thing. So I call up Sears and I ask them, you know, uh, we, she goes, what's the part number? I say, I don't know, you know, uh, here's the vacuum we bought it there. I gave her the model number of the vacuum and stuff. And she goes, click, 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 click. No, I I can't find that. I don't have that. Well, we bought it there. And the last time we got a fan belt, we got it from you. Are you saying you don't have them? Well, part number, right? So I'm like, all right. So I get out a web browser. I go to Google and I look up the part number. I get the manufacturer's part number. She goes, Oh, that's the manufacturer's part number. I need the Sears part number. I'm like, you're f***ing Sears. How the f*** should I know your part number? Isn't the manufacturer's part number enough for you to find the f***ing part? Come on. Okay, I'll call Sears and get it from them. <laughs> Even Yeah, I was talking to Sears. So so I, I went to Sears.com and I plugged in the, the Eureka part number and up comes the Sears number and I give it to her and she goes, oh yeah, I got them in stock. I'm like, what the f***? <laughs> Jesus. How come I can find this better than you can? You're well-trained, Carl. I said, here's a tip for you. You can take that $800,000 CRM system that you've got there or whatever it is that you're looking up your parts and inventory on and throw it away and get a f***ing web browser. That sucks. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a great URL for that kind of stuff, Carl, that I suggest you uh, get familiar with, which is www.just. GoogleIt.com, and uh, the great thing about it is you can actually append the search string you want to use to the end of the URL. So you can send somebody a link to it, and that's they'll great. get the page that says, "I will not be an idiot, and I will use Google next time," because you know that's what smart people use, and you aren't one. And then it will actually redirect them to the Google search that they should have used in the first place. Did she? Did she ask you for I, the part number for the uh, the web browser, the Sears part number for the web browser, so she can make that transition? <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not allowed to browse the internet here. It's a security risk. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, I, I had to do something similar in that my portable phone, my cordless phone in my kitchen hasn't worked for like two months. So every time you call, it's like, <laughs> or it doesn't hold a charge or whatever. So I needed a new battery. And I went to Radio Shack and I said, blah, blah, blah. blah. And she's like, mm, they don't, you know, I can't find that battery. We don't make it here anymore. And I was like, I only bought the phone like three years ago. Don't, how can you not make the battery for the phone? I'm, and she's like, mm, I don't know. And I was like, is this like some plot so that now I have to buy my portable phone here again and I have to buy a whole new phone instead of just getting a battery? And is that what you're doing? Is that what you're masterminding? She's like, yeah, I just, I don't really mastermind things. I just kind of <laughs> work at Radio Shack. <laughs> can you get off my ass? And I was like, oh, fine. But that pisses me off. Who can like, you complain to, right? Right, exactly. But, you know, in these- But the, by the same token, finding the part is actually more work than just telling you, mm, now nah, we don't have it. Yeah, right. that's true. Well, I always feel like that, though. I'm always, like, bitching at cat, like, and stop and shop, and they're like, oh, can I have your, you know, stop and shop little customer card? I'm like, 
even though it's an infringement on my personal rights, yeah, sure, here's my card. And they're like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't We don't care. really care. Um, <laughs> the, the, the tip, though, is you say, now I left it in the card. They'll say, that's all right, I'll use mine. So they use the store card. You still get the discounts, and then they're not watching what you buy. It is a little freaky that they watch what you buy. That's it is. It me out. You know, I only give them the card when I'm buying, like, you know, salad stuff and healthy food. <laughs> If I'm like buying, you know, the stuff that my insurance company doesn't want me to know I'm eating, like ice cream and that kind of stuff, then I don't use the card. I say, no, I left it in the card. And they go, all right, we use ours. <laughs> so That's the cashier is like getting slammed by the insurance team. Yes, right, exactly. Ben and Jerry's yeah. addict. <laughs> what you do funny. is bring your card, but demag it first so it doesn't oh, work. That's a good idea. That way it's not your fault it doesn't work. Un- unfortunately, a lot of them, they're, they're all barcodes, Richard, and they actually type them in. Yeah, I it's it's that. actually they actually have to type in the code. They won't just like scan their own. If you present they, them with a card, they type in the barcode. Have to do the barcode. Well, yeah, they do. So dot that, dash, that, like, dash, thin, thin line, thin, thin line, thin, yeah, yeah. thin <laughs> thick line, thin line. Yeah. Is that what they're typing? Hey, Mark, that was actually that was a really funny joke, especially when I heard it five years ago from Eddie Izzard. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send you to a page. Just <laughs> and scan it with your barcode scanner. dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what is what's your week been like, man? <laughs> well, my week's been kind of interesting. Um, have you ever heard of Burning Man? Of course, yeah, Burning okay. Man, yeah, Burning Man. Well, one of my name, my neighbors, my neighbor's roommate, who's a friend of mine, was going to Burning Man, and uh, she, you know, so taking a train to New York City, hopping onto a plane, and doing the whole thing, right? Um, she gives my friend a call while my friend is at work, saying, "Hey." Um, I left my ticket, uh, for Burning Man, uh, at the apartment. Um, so I'm going to get on a train and come back up halfway to where you are now. Can you like drive down there with the ticket? My friend <laughs> says, fine. Her car doesn't have any gas. We're in a real hurry. We hop into my car. We drive down there and, uh, just in time to miss her train to New York. Last train of the night, of course. So what she does first, instead of, oh, you know, gee, I'm sorry. Thanks for trying. She says, you know, you shouldn't have taken that route down. I'm like, look, bitch, (laughs) we just drove an hour in the middle of the f***ing night to uh, bring you your Burning Man ticket. And she says, well, I guess you're going to have to drive me to New York City now. So about three days ago, I took a trip to New York City, which is great because I got by the time. Why did you do it? uh, She is a friend and it was the only way she would have actually been able to make it to Burning Man. There weren't any other really good options. Well, you could have taken the ticket and gone to Burning Man. That would have been what I would have done after she made that comment. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But it would have been kind of hard to do the show from Burning Man. Um, and, you know, point. I guess I'm having sex with strangers in the dust isn't really my scene. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we, we drive down to New York City and I say, you know what? If I'm going to f***ing go to New York City, I'm not getting out of my f***ing car when I get there. So three days ago, I drove all the way to Manhattan and then and then Brooklyn or the Bronx or wherever the hell we went. And I didn't get out of my car. But I did meet a police officer that I talked to through my window who told me I looked like Jesus. So, wow! That, that's how Did my you say, week well, was. actually, I am this this Jeff thing in my license. That's all made yeah, up. That's my secret true. identity. I'm an yeah. apparition. It was very <laughs> weird. Very very weird. So yes, I, I strongly recommend if you're angry, drive to New York City and like cut off a lot of taxi cabs and and run over pedestrians or well, almost run over pedestrians, and it's a lot of fun. Or breathe deeply, Jeff. I suggest that to you. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's not as rewarding. I don't think breathing deeply. Awesome. It's overrated. Richard, what's the dog story, man? Tell us. 
the thing you, you may or may not know about me, you probably don't know about me, is that when I uh, grew up, I basically grew up in a menagerie. My mother bred Siamese cats to make money on the side. And so she had all these contacts with all these pet stores. And whenever these pet stores got injured animals in, quite often in shipping, animals would get hurt. And you can't sell them. And you can't ship them back. And uh, so what they usually, what she, she'd take them and bring them home. And we'd nurse them back to health. And if they were in reasonable condition once they were healthy again, we'd sell them to back to the pet store. And sometimes they weren't. You just kept, you know, the, the injured ones. Sometimes they died. I got, you know, pretty used to death. As a child, my my mother's catchphrase for uh, for dealing with pets was "Nothing's cute with its skin peeled off." Ew. So you know, well, pretty that's, immune that's to cute nice. now. Beyond that's the emotional trait. scarring. Anyway, yeah, the really. real point is that, but as an adult, I've never, ever, ever wanted an animal again. That right? explains I've lived all with those every toys, kind Richard. of animal you can think yeah, really. of. At some point in my life, there's been that animal in my house, and I don't want any more animals. <laughs> However. I have children. Therefore, I lose. Yeah, right. So the cat came with the house pretty much. As soon as we bought the house, the the cat moved in. That was all right. She's a Siamese cat, and I know Siamese cats very well. I live with them my whole life, and she and I get along just fine, and I can stand that fine. But then we had to get a dog. Mm. I really didn't want a dog. I really didn't want any animal. (laughs) But we got a dog. He's a Cairn Terrier. His name is Zach. He's very cute. He's a sweet little dog. And because terriers, this is a little terrier. He's not that big at all. So we could take him with him wherever we go. So we do. And we went down to a wedding in Oregon last weekend. Staying at at, uh, a family member's place. And they have a dog too. A golden retriever. Who decided that Karen Terriers are snack food. (laughs) So this this is a big golden, 100-pound golden. Jumped through a door. Attacked the uh, the little terrier, bit down on his leg, wouldn't let go. Took four guys, including me, to get this dog off of my dog. Oh wow! Yucky. It was quite traumatic. Of course, the dog was the 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 retriever was locked on. He wouldn't let go, but the terrier wasn't locked on to anything. So he was biting everything in sight, including everybody that was trying to help him. So when we finally got the uh, retriever off, we were all quite bloodied. Wow. Yuck. It, Anyway, his leg looked a little bent and sore, and, and he wasn't moving too fast, so uh, we, we took care of him. We went to the wedding, and he came along. He was pretty calm and quiet. He, he wasn't happy, but he wasn't in agony. And when we got back from Oregon, we took him to the vet and thought, you know, we should just get him x-ray, just in case, you know? Mm-hmm. The bite doesn't look that bad. didn't break the skin. He didn't bleed at all, but he's limping. He won't use the leg. So they get the x-rays back, and the leg is snapped in half. Ow. And the dog's been just limping around for the past three days with his leg completely broken. Wow. Hmm. So off he goes to the pet hospital. And we have quite the facility up here in Vancouver. This place is like a hospital, but it's for dogs and cats. And they've got surgeon wings and physiotherapy, ear, nose, and throat specialists, specialists in orthotics, like the whole nine yards. And they got dogs and cats on stretchers and, and people running them around real fast and saying <laughs> stat all the time, right? That's it. You got it. They put them on IVs. They do all these things. Wow. So in he goes to have orthopedic surgery to put his leg back together. They put pins in it, stitch him back up, and he's back home now on the mend. 
but uh, not a real happy puppy. And it's he's gonna it's gonna be a few weeks. And we got physiotherapy instructions for our dog, hmm. which turns out to be a sheet of paper that actually shows you how to teach your dog to play shake a paw. <laughs> wow. So, so, uh, so what's the status of him now? Is he, uh, is he comfortable? And wh- he's how convalescing he gonna... now. Oh. I mean, he's obviously he's a terrier, which is to say, basically brain damaged, right? <laughs> so this morning when I, he, and he's on serious drugs right now. So this morning I have to get up at six o'clock because six a.m. is Percocet hour. I wish <laughs> your dog give him is his, on Percocet. Give him his Percocet and any and antibiotics and take him out for a pee. And there's raccoons in the backyard, right? I mean, I live in the wilds of BC, and there are raccoons in the backyard. Now, this dog had surgery two days ago, and I just gave him a Percocet. And he's ready to go eat that raccoon on three legs. Wow. He's at the end of the lead, barking, waking up the neighbors, like, kicking up a fuss. I'm like, dude, you're crippled. That raccoon would rip you up when you were healthy. Pull him, (laughs) pick him up, carry him in, calm him down, and he's ready to go. And then, of course, he crashes, right? Then the Percocet kicks in, and he's like, yo, dude, got any treats? And then passes out for the next three hours. (laughs) Now, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I've got no interest in living with animals ever again, right? When I moved out of my my parents' place, in with friends, you know, the old roommate thing in the beginning of your living on your own life, I was against pets that whole time. In fact, yeah, I'll tell you this story. So here I, I I was in the worst case scenario for a room as a roommate, right? What's the worst case scenario? The girlfriend's moved in. Yeah. My roommate's girlfriend, right? Right. And you know your days are numbered. You're screwed. Come Unless your roommate is a girl, in which case that's best case scenario. <laughs> that's Three's <laughs> company. Now, that was not the case. Now, this is my buddy and his girlfriend's now moved in, so I know my days are numbered. Right. So she decides we have to have a pet. Right? And I'm like, no, I don't want a pet. So she says, don't worry, we'll find something you like. She's, she's humoring me before she kick, gets my ass kicked out. <laughs> so, and I, I for, promptly forgot about it. You know, I didn't think about it ever again. Right? Big deal. I'm, no pet is going to be acceptable. But every so often she'd come by and say, what do you think of this? And I go, nah, what do you think of this? One time she caught me off guard. It was early in the morning. And I'm reading the paper, getting ready to go to work. And she says, uh, hey, Richard, what do you think of rabbit? And I said, wow, stewed, pie, awesome. <laughs> I was thinking about dinner. And she's absolutely horrified. Uh, anyway, in the end, I finally broke down and agreed to a pet. It was a hamster. They named it Maverick. Richard, you were just accelerating your ejection there with that yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah you know I was. <laughs> but you know why I agreed to the hamster? Because it's does good it have any, pie. Does that have anything to do with no. Richard oh. Gear? I don't know. Yeah. Because of the cages. You remember the habit trail cages? Yeah, those are cool. So I said, if you guys buy Sirius Cage, that's like a Lego set for me, I'm happy. <laughs> right? That's cool. It's so what did I do? You know, I'd, I'd get a little smashed each night and I'd rebuild the cage into some other weird <laughs> elaborate thing. And Maverick was into it. He thought it was pretty cool. I'd lo- As soon as I locked him in one cage, he knew something weird was about to happen. And we blew like 500 bucks on Habit Trail Cage. This guy lived <laughs> in an eight-room mansion <laughs> that was like six floors. It went all over the place. Awesome. So here's the kicker. Three months after we get the hamster, the hamster gets sick, starts laying around, not moving anywhere. So seven bucks for a hamster, right? You can buy a hamster for $7. They take the hamster to the vet. So $50 vet visit later. The hamster has an infection, 
has to be bathed daily and medicine applied <laughs> twice a day. The medicine's 35 bucks. I'm like, guys, $7 hamster. Get another. Let it go. And then they go, well, you know, you've lived with animals all your life. You know how to handle them. So you'll put the medicine on Maverick, right? Oh, oh yeah. Great. So now I'm bathing a hamster. <laughs> which, generally speaking, the hamster's reaction to which is to bite whoever does that to him. Right. And applying medicine to the hamster. And I successfully nurse him back to health. Six weeks of ministration on a hamster. He died the next year. Why? Hamsters only live a couple of years. <laughs> we got another hamster. Did you breastfeed this hamster? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because I hear that so, men can do that, you know, with the, in these kinds of survival situations. Only the, the hamsters. The cost only the of, hamsters. The cost of nipple crack cream would have, would have oh. uh, been oh. cost wow. for Oh, oh. Okay, we just lost 25,000 listeners. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. That's so not nice. You cannot nice. say that. That's like talking about kicking your testicles. You know how it re- yeah. Oh, yeah. we lost another 5,000 listeners. Whoa, there go the rest of them. <laughs> Wait, Karen has testicles? Yeah. She'll kick your ass. We're- I said kicking yours, not my own. <laughs> Ouch. There she is with the testicles again. Jeez. Uh-uh. All right, enough. enough. That's why I failed health class. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't know Karen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there more to this horrible story, Richard? No, I don't think I have any more thing to say about hamsters. Yeah. The, the, wow, I just wanted darn. to let you know. And, and I mean, admittedly, I'm very good with animals. I annoy my wife a lot, right? Because <laughs> every animal Who's loves an animal? me. And I don't have any use for them at all. Yeah. You know, this explains a lot about the kind of sadistic animal sites that you find on the web every once in a while, like <laughs> Save Toby or the 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 squirrel flask that you take delight in sharing. I with did us. not invent that site; I only <laughs> revealed it to the world. But you had a maniacal laugh while doing. But that. you were pushing us to do that Save Toby story for weeks, and we kept saying, right. "No, it's no, too horrible. It's horrible." I love the Save Toby <laughs> game. Like, Come I on, Save Toby rocks. You'll Cook animals. Cook rabbit. Yummy. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get going with a little segment we call the Week in Geek. Science and geeky stories in the news. Brought to you by yours truly. Story number one. That new cell phone is the bomb. More and more terrorists are using cell phones to remotely detonate bombs. And there's not much authorities can do about it. At least not that they can say. Cell phones have been connected to terrorist bombings in Madrid, Bali, and Israel. Many roadside bombs in Iraq are believed to be triggered by cell phones. The very factors that make cell phones so easy and affordable to use also make them easy to use as detonation devices. Radio jamming gear can prevent cell phone detonations, but cops don't have easy access to such gear or the ready authority to use it. Carriers, too, are limited in what they can do to stop cell phones from being used to detonate bombs. We're speaking now with John Walls, a spokesman for the Cellular Telecommunications and Internet Association, to get his take on it. Hello, Mr. Walls. Uh, Mr. Walls? Oh, uh, Carl, sorry. Uh, since we started late, I, he had to hang up and said we should call him back when we're ready. So you didn't call him back? No, no, I I, I kind of forgot. Uh, hang on a sec. Um, let me see if I can get him on the phone now. Okay. Uh, 
Hello? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that surprised me. <laughs> so, oh, boy. You know, I find it ironic that they do a story that says that cell phones are, you know, the leading cause of explosives and they don't know what. And I'm like thinking, wait, explosives are the leading cause of explosives. <laughs> I have an idea. Let's just not let terrorists have exploding shit, man. So, so you're yeah, saying right. cell phones don't kill people, explosives do? Yeah. You know, right. okay, fine. People want to have guns. People want to shoot them. That's fine. Give people five bullets and that's it. They get five bullets to shoot in their lifetime. <laughs> that, ought to, that ought to, you know, take care of the protection hmm. deal. Five would be good. Uh, story number two. Oh, what a tangled web. Along with several buyers, the creator of Lover Spy, a computer program designed to allow jealous lovers to snoop on their sweethearts' online activities, has been indicted for allegedly violating federal computer privacy laws. The program, Lover Spy, is disguised as an electronic greeting card showing images of puppies and flowers, which you send to a victim by email. When it's executed, it begins recording victims' email messages and the websites they visit, prosecutors said. The information is transmitted to computers operated by the program's creator and then relayed to customers, authorities said. The parties involved could not be reached for comment, but the victim who broke the story, Intel, claims that its long-term lover, Microsoft, is accusing it of having a torrid love affair with a hot tart named Apple. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, yeah. can we can we insert a laugh track from like another show right there? <laughs> I don't All know. Right, I just so. I just think that microprocessors <laughs> and operating systems, man, does not you know like love. Ooh. That's that's just that, going that's a too that's far. geek love, man. <laughs> you have to be a real geek to get that one. Yeah. So story number three, Sirius goes offline from Reuters this week. Sirius Satellite Radio Incorporated last Thursday said it will introduce a small portable device for its subscription radio service that can store 50 hours of music, news, and programs from Sirius channels, a move to narrow the gap with its larger rival XM satellite. Sirius's player, dubbed the S50, underscores the trend of the converging consumer electronics devices, specifically satellite radio with digital music players. We asked Janine Torullo, Vice President of Consumer Marketing for Sirius, if moving to an offline model somehow calls into question the validity of its core product, audio content delivery by satellite, and she said this. We believe that satellite radio iPods will continue to be the dominant iPod delivery technology for iPod music and audio entertainment iPods. We are merely iPods responding to the iPod demands of the market iPods. By providing an offline storage feature iPod to our already widely popular iPod satellite audio service iPod. Interesting take, don't you think? Hmm. Yeah. Very. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Did we get an iPod new sponsor? iPod. No. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're trying to capitalize on something, new, but I'm not. I'm not quite sure what. A new sponsor implies we had an old one. Yeah, we never had one. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the week in geek. And there you have it. So that's all for me. Now Always. it's time for girl. 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 How you doing, Karen? I'm I'm good. good. Um Are you well? I'm well. I'm good. the I'm the wellest. But okay, this week 
A big story in the news was the peace protest conducted by Cindy Sheehan, a mom who lost her son in the war and wants answers as to why we're in the war in the first place, blah, 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 blah. She's come under a lot of fire because her outspokenness about our government's efforts are fueling the power of Iraqi insurgents and helping to defeat our troops. Oh, yeah. It's Cindy Sheehan's fault that this war is unsuccessful. Those f***ing blue staters are always bitching about our troops not being adequate or well-equipped and that the war isn't going anywhere because of the incompetence of that commander-in-chief Bush without ever looking to the real source of evil, Cindy Sheehan. (laughs) How dare she protest the government and peacefully at that. It's as if her peaceful protests are meant to simply mock the bloodthirsty efforts of our fine administration. Take note, Ms. Sheehan. <laughs> Texas, I mean, um, America, voices its p- opinion violently and aggressively. How dare Cindy Sheehan think that she knows more about our misplaced aggression than the president? How dare she question his authority? <laughs> this nation was not founded by a bunch of hippie rebels who thought they knew better than the existing government so they nah. could create a nation that honored free speech and protest. <laughs> <laughs> What was she thinking? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, I guess it was. (laughs) Actually, never mind. But anyway, the real crime is that Cindy Sheehan actually went to Crawford, Texas and interrupted Bush's vacation. How dare she? The bitch. Uh, (laughs) Although I do bet that if Bush were willing to send anyone other than other people's children off to war, then the precious Bush twins were out there in the desert in mortal danger. All of a sudden, margaritas in the hot tub at the ranch would take a back seat to Bush getting off his ass and getting the out of this war. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about Bush's intentions and that we should cut him some slack because he really did believe that there were weapons of mass destruction. But you know what? The evidence didn't support that belief. So why is it again that we're cutting him slack for being stupid and wrong? Because <laughs> he's from Texas. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's 2,000 listeners we just lost. Go ahead. <laughs> the rest of them weren't offended by the other stuff, right? But I think we actually gained 8,000 in that same line, so we're okay. <laughs> Out with the red, in with the blue. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you hear also, well, but Bush genuinely believes that the war in Iraq is one step in our war on, on terrorism. Yeah, delusional, huh? <laughs> but we don't as Americans. So why are we giving him credit for being misguided? This is not something that the president can be misguided about. And if, even if he is, when he realizes that he is, he needs to make a decision, cut his losses, and get the f*** out before one more life is lost. Bush, Bush said this week that we need to see the war through because we need to honor those who have already lost their lives. Oh, yeah. I know that if my son were killed in a senseless war, I would totally be honored to have others join him. And I'm sure that (laughs) Cindy Sheehan is honored with each increase in the death toll. And maybe as more and more people die in vain, she will be so overcome with honor that she'll finally stop this silly protest. That's all. That's girl. So you, sir, Mr. President. How dumb than me. Wow. He really is dumber than me. I have to say, I I don't get how, you know, in the debates that occurred with John Kerry and Bush, he was really dumb. I mean, I shouldn't watch the president. <laughs> I shouldn't watch the president de- presidential debla- debates. To the president exactly. debilitate. I, exactly. I shouldn't watch either <laughs> one of them and think I could do that. You know, you want him to be better. I was talking to my friend and she was saying, well, you know, I get tripped up on my words sometimes and I'm not all that articulate. And I thought to her, you know what? That's why you're a manager at Dress Barn. (laughs) 
and not the fucking president of the United States. So, like, President Bush could be a manager at Dress Barn then. <laughs> oh, Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I think he should be. But I want the president to be smarter, more charming, arrested fewer times than me. Things like that. <laughs> These are small requests. These are small requests. We don't ask for much. And now it's time for People Dumber Than Me. That's right. Mark Miller finds the people in the news making the news because of their dumbness to make you feel a little bit better about yourself in the midst of all the smart people that you hang around with. Mark, take it away. Thanks, Carl. And, you know, we can edit this first bit out if it turns out to fall flat on its ass. Uh, but I, I just realized we were talking earlier <laughs> he about... He said it's his general precursor. Yeah, Je- Jeff was talking about uh, Burning Man. And so anyway, there's this guy who was at Burning Man. Uh, he was like one of the uh, assistants there. And he's uh, he, he's moving away from the, um, the, 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 the big bonfire thing in the middle because he just finished setting it up. He was going somewhere else. All of a sudden, this clown comes up, stops him, hits him, knocks him down, and steals his bike. A clown. A clown. And now the guy suffers like he he gets has to have like a, I guess a plate, a couple plates in his arm, and he gets like you know a concussion. Uh, wow, this friend, is not just a casual knockdown. Right, right, right. This is like like a killer clown. And Angry my wife clown. Is scared of clowns, by the way, and I think I understand why. And anyway, she, this his this guy's friends. Uh, did an internet search and found uh, a group of clowns called the Anarcho Clowns, and uh, and and that this guy belonged to them, and uh, they tracked him down, the clown that got him, and uh, and I guess just last week he was sentenced to uh, uh, pay twenty nine thousand dollars in restitution for uh, kicking this guy's ass. So here's a tip for all you clowns that are part of a, an organized crime posse well, that goes around clowns, knocking yeah. around people at, at at Burning Man festivals. Yeah. Take your website down yeah or, or at least change your makeup nobody should what be able f- to recognize a clown you know i yeah. mean you just change the f-ing makeup so you sir clown are dumber than me yeah i'll say so so <laughs> so that's that thing the other thing jeff is jesus man if you've got a girl in the car and she has she's got to get to new york you know there are other options instead of just saying okay sure i'll drive you there you know, like, uh, well, okay, it's an, you know, you're aware of the inverse carpool law, right? Where you really need to put your head down here, right here, while we drive. And uh, <laughs> I, think I saw I that coming for a mile. That option. Ask, oh, ask, hey, or grass. Speaking of saying really inappropriate stuff, I when I was at Disneyland, where what, well, you know, there, there were Disneyland's kind of got an interesting mix of like, you know, some hot chicks and not so hot chicks. But there was one Unlike that just really stood out. She was ultra hot. And uh, and I was watching her uh, um, bounce along towards me, and uh, all of a sudden, my wife's purse just smacks me in the leg, and I'm like, <laughs> she doesn't say anything, and I'm like, what, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> smacks me in the leg. Uh. I'm like, you know, and it, I mean, this tells you where the relationship has gone, right? And it used to be, she used to say things like, "It's okay, you can look." You know, and you'd be like instantly guilty, right? Oh, what? I was looking, huh? You no, saw? Look at what? what? You know, I'm looking, what? You know, I'm looking at what? nothing. Nothing. And now it's smacking in the leg with the purse. We had a moment like that the other day. My husband was watching this woman bounce across a parking lot. And I'm like, are you really watching her like that with me right here? And he goes, it's just interesting. I'm just, I was just trying to figure out whether or not she was wearing a bra. It was just, you know, like scientific research. exploration. You know, yeah, right. Why don't you women get it? We're just like plants that lean toward the sun. There's nothing we can do about it. Our bodies just say, hey, look at You must look this way. Yeah. You must look. just leaning towards the sun. Anyway. So, all right. Story number one. 
Dog does not bite postal worker. The mail (laughs) carrier approached the house with caution. After all, this house had a rather vicious-looking dog that was barking up a storm. Fortunately, this canine Cujo was tied up to the front yard. The coast looked clear, or so the mail carrier thought. As the postal carrier tentatively made his way towards the mailbox, little did he know that a much larger animal was lying in wait. As the postal carrier slowly opened the box, nervously eyeing the killer dog to his left, suddenly from a house across the street outbounced Mark Plum, a 20-year-old Louisiana man. Mm. Mr. Plum caught the mail carrier off guard, ran across the street, barking all the way. <laughs> That's right, Carl. He was barking. When Mr. Plum reached the mail carrier, he reportedly opened his mouth very wide and then bit the government postal worker on the shoulder. Oh, man. Huh. Nice. Mr. Plum then ran back across the street into the house. According to police, quote, the postal worker was very shaken up by Mr. Plum's attack. Initially, he didn't think he was in any danger because the dog was chained up. The mail carrier reportedly suffered minor injuries. Police said Mr. Plum didn't consider it a big deal and added that Mr. Plum was not intoxicated and had no known criminal history nor suffered from any mental illness. Yeah, not intoxicated. I really believe that. That's right, kids. No liquor, no drugs. He was just a dumb guy. (laughs) Mr. Plum was arrested and charged with simple battery. I guess there's like a complex battery you can get charged with as well. (laughs) He just, they they operated off opted for the uh, simple battery for him. He was released after posting a $165 bond. So, Mr. Plum, you canine running, dog barking, mail carrier biting freaky guy, you, (laughs) sir, are dumber than me. Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes, you are. I'm not surprised he wasn't drunk. Normally, like, drunk people don't pretend they're dogs, right? Am I? I Uh, I wasn't thinking drunk specifically. I was thinking more stoned or on acid or meth. No, not stoned. Yeah, something. Maybe acid. Yeah, but people who are stoned don't run. Yeah. Right. That's right. All right. right. He was on PCP. Fine. <laughs> Jesus. This guy was on some untraceable drug. Well, it's it's like that the, the Canadian snowboarder who won gold and then lost his medal because he was he had pot in the system. Yeah. Oh, and Dennis Minner's like, guys, he won a gold medal while he was stoned. Give him two. <laughs> or he he won a gold medal and then he got stoned. He's like, hey, let's get stoned, man. Uh, really? yeah. And then they're like, celebrate. oh, hey, by the way, we're doing a drug test now. Oh, 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 oh uh, so. Didn't inhale. All right. Story number two. Braver than me. Matthew Flynn, a 46-year-old man living in West Hartford, Connecticut. This is your backyard, Carl. It is. He's something of a musical connoisseur. Mr. Flynn appreciates good music, but as much as he gravitates to the soothing sounds of a sweet symphony, there are some categories of music that don't exactly fall on Mr. Flynn's top ten list. And so it was on August 21st that Mr. Flynn found himself out in his lawn, trimming his hedges, once again forced to listen to the incessant grating of It's a Small World, blaring on the oversized megaphone of an ice cream truck that seemed to have a real affinity for Mr. Flynn's neighborhood. (laughs) Well, Mr. Flynn could take no more. Armed only with a 19-inch pair of hedge clippers, the brave Mr. Flynn bounded over his hydrangea and planted himself smack in front of the slow-moving vehicle of ice cream destruction. (laughs) By the way, Carl, a lot of people don't realize the deadly terrorist power of an ice cream truck. (laughs) First of all, it's a well-known fact that ice cream is volatile, highly combustible stuff. (laughs) 
All it takes is one bump at high speed and your chip witches will go off, acting as a primer to ignite the Mr. Softy and double fudge bars, setting off an explosion that can send the entire neighborhood to kingdom come. And if, and if the explosion doesn't kill you, just think of the alternative, a painful, slow death caused by years and years of degenerative tooth decay. <laughs> And that's just the kind of disaster that Mr. Flynn was intent on preventing. Mr. Wow. Flynn then commanded the driver to, quote, turn off that jingle and leave the area. <laughs> As you can see, Carl, Mr. Flynn really hates ice cream truck music. <laughs> As the evil and cowardly driver drove off, our hero, Mr. Flynn, ran alongside the truck and made aggressive cutting motions with his hedge clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Death to the evil ice cream. According to police, Mr. Flynn pushed the clippers into the driver's face and asked, do you want to have your dick cut off? What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why would you even ask that? I mean, obviously, you know the answer. <laughs> no, Was thank he concerned you. about the answer? And by the way, Carl, this was not a rhetorical question. <laughs> Wait, damn. The terrorist ice cream driver called police from a nearby gas station and filed a complaint. Surprisingly, Mr. Flynn was subsequently arrested and charged with threatening and breach of peace and later released on a $500 bond. That's odd. If you ask me, Carl, the coppers got the wrong man. They should have arrested the ice cream truck driver. I mean, what's more threatening breach of peace than it's a small world blasted all over your neighborhood? <laughs> And think about it, Carl. If you were an alien from another planet and you wanted to exert your mind control over an unsuspecting populace, what would be the first thing you'd try? Uh, uh, put fluoride in the ice cream, maybe? Exactly. It's all starting to make sense. The aliens have infiltrated our ice cream supply, no doubt laced it with fluoride, and are now attempting to broadcast their mind control messages to the neighborhoods around the world. And no doubt these aliens, these aliens are taunting us with their sick sense of irony. I mean, why else would they have selected It's a Small World as their greeting message of doom? It just goes to show you the total lack of respect these aliens have for our planet. So, Mr. Flynn, you hedge-trimming, bush-hopping, alien, dick-cutting defender of the human race... You, sir, are braver than me. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> wow. I'm totally only aiding them because the ice cream truck comes to our neighborhood really pretty often, but we're every up, day, every day. And we're, but uh, my house is up off a driveway, so you can't really hear it. It's only like this faint ice cream thing, and you can never see it. And my kids are like, "What is that?" I'm like. They're the bells of the church. <laughs> so, <laughs> bells of hell. Dude, your kids are going to come in, you know, a couple <laughs> years. We found religion, mommy. Yeah. yeah. We found it. When I hear it, you know, my kids are playing outside and I heard it the other day and I poke my head out in the backyard and I don't see him. And then I look to the left and I see him just, just clearing the house, walking slowly, transfixed. And they're walking slowly, like looking straight ahead, like. Must have ice cream. It's like those guys from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's exactly what it yeah. was. It really explains a lot, Mark. Thanks. My daughter will go You're up welcome. to any stranger in any park and be like, buy me ice cream? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> she did it the other day. It was mortifying. It's going to serve her well when she's 21 in a bar. <laughs> you can buy me ice cream? 
All right, Richard, you ready? Yeah, I am. But, you know, I got to bring up SaveToby.com. Of course. Yeah, Karen hadn't seen it. We got to talk about this. Before we get into the toys, I mean, we just got to... If you have never been to the site, SaveToby.com was set up back early in the year. These guys got this bunny rabbit that they supposedly rescued from the wilds, nursed back to health. And then they built a website where they said, look, if you don't donate via PayPal, we're going to kill Toby. Now, we're going to kill him humanely. We're going to send him to a butcher. He's going to be professionally slaughtered, and we're going to eat him. And we're going to post it on the website unless we get $50,000 by June 30th. Well, June 30th has gone by. Now, of course, naturally, this caused a kerfuffle. But I would point out, they made about thirty grand yep. before PayPal shut them down. Okay, they brought in a lot of money, and they were on the news. I mean, it was a bit of a kerfuffle. But the due date has come by. If you go to the site now, on the due date, they made some changes. They decided not to kill Toby. Huh. They complained about how PayPal cut them off and apparently told every other payment system about them. So there's just no way to get any money. Wait, they have a new date. Yeah, but they've moved the date forward now to November of 2006. And the way that you can save Toby is by, get this, buying their book. Book. They've got a book published by Kensington Publishing. And I can't imagine what Kensington Publishing was thinking. The book is called Save Toby, Only You Have the Power to Save Toby. It's 10 bucks. Wow. How to date a white woman. And unless they sell 100,000 copies of the book... They're going to kill Toby on Thanksgiving Day 2006. So, Delicious. Wait, so uh, what is, what's the content of the book like? Does anyone well, know? Well, now that's a fine question. The book is a guide to the ins and out of Toby. So they've got the whole stories of Toby <laughs> and all the recipes of how they're going to cook him. I love and it. And then also the story of how they got the, uh, the, the uh, rabbit. Uh, and, you know, generally the story of Save Toby, which I maintained to this day was actually somebody's master's thesis in mass psychology. Yeah, it seems yeah. It seems like that's what they're doing. Um, it would make a really cute children's book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the book says on the cover, buy this book or the bunny dies. Yeah, there there's a phrase for this kind of thing, Richard. I'm I'm sure you're familiar with it. This is social engineering. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. It's you know what this is? This is a guy sitting with his psych prof saying, I bet you Right. Watch this. I can use the web, make myself a hundred grand. Now, just uh, watch. Now, Richard, um, I know you got a lot of sites to do, but we want to talk about liquidass.com. Oh yes, <laughs> liquidass. Liquidass.com. We we mentioned this on a on the show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the guys at Liquidass found out about it. So what did they do? They sent me a box with six bottles of liquid ass holy crap Which, by the way is more liquid ass than anyone ever really needs in a life first of all i <laughs> first of all do you really need it in a bottle can't you make your own no yeah you know <laughs> generally after i've gone through like the fourth orange i've got my own liquid pretty ass. much pretty much so Ew. yeah so <laughs> so they sent a note a handwritten note well actually the ass man sent me a handwritten note and it says carl We at Liquid Ass look forward to hearing your comments about our stinky elixir on Mondays. You will find that Liquid Ass lives up to its name, Ass Man. First of all, Ass Man, thanks for sending me these six bottles. Uh, I don't know what to do with them, personally. Um, You don't give them away (laughs) as gifts. You know, here's some Liquid Ass for you. 
Um, You certainly don't want it to hang around because it smells. And, you know, it's just begging my nine-year-old to open it up and squirt it all over my office, which I really don't (laughs) want. Did you take a whiff of it, Carl? Uh, Of course I did. It's freaking liquid ass. It smells like ass. It smells horrible. There are things you could do with it, though. I mean, if you're if you're bent towards revenge, absolutely. It's certainly yeah, I, I want at least one bottle, Carl. Yeah. If there, okay. <laughs> well, if there's a restaurant that you now believe, hey, first of all, disclaimer: I would never ever do this, nor would that I advocate not actually suggest anyone do this. Do this. Right. But if you but were a you sick do, kids. and twisted ahead, individual and you wanted revenge, say, you know, somebody uh, a restaurant, you know, they 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 bad service at a restaurant. You want to get them back. Well, you can basically just squirt a little liquid ass on the wall before you leave, and they'll be shut down by the board of health. Shut down! Oh, I know, I know, I know what you could do with it. If you are a, a person with an eating disorder and you want to be bulimic and you can't bring yourself to throw your fingers down your throat, yeah, just take some liquid ass, take a big, you know, after eating, You'll throw up. You will puke, puke, puke. Yeah, or if so. you're at a school kid and like you know the bullies are getting you, just take some of that liquid ass, you know, unleash the uh, cap a little bit, drop it in their backpacks, man, and uh, walk away. That's right. Or just put some on you, and they'll never come near you. Yeah, when you go to the beach and there's like some new lovers that just found true love, and they're <laughs> lying on the beach necking, you know, you just drop a little bit of liquid ass on one of their backs, you know, on the towel. <laughs> <clears throat> Very nice. They break up that relationship real quick. They start. They, they only at each neck other. at your beach, man. Because let me tell you, at my beach over here, they're doing more than necking, man. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, Southern California, well, boy. We're not yeah, like California. that in New England. All they need is like a, you know, a little bit of a cloth to cover up, you know, and the, you know, and you're like, I was there with my daughter and I'm going along and I see the, the you know, the feet up in the air and I'm like, okay, we're facing west now. We're facing <laughs> east now. You know? Everybody look this way. Well, anyway, Richard, uh, we can get going with Richard the Toy Boy now. Uh, but I just want to give a shout out to the ass man. Thanks for the liquid ass. Don't know if I'll use it, but it certainly is fun to Thank certainly you, is fun man. to think about. And now it's time for Rick. All right, let's go straight into the action here. Right. Some more Burning Man references coming soon oh, to no. a Burning Man near you. In fact, this year. Shrinkster.com slash seven N is in November F is in Foxtrot. All right, here we go. From the fine folks at the website interpretivearson.com. Oh my god. Comes the new video game Dance Dance Immolation. So what is Dance Dance Immolation? Well, You've played Dance Dance Revolution, right? The world's most annoying video yeah, game. I love it. Oh, Where yeah. you put the pad down on the ground and you have to do the dance steps. Good. This is exactly that same game, only when you screw up, a flamethrower is shot at you. Nice. Yes. Dance Dance Immolation. I mean, it gives you incentive to dance properly. So they are actually going to outfit people in fireproof suits for this. Wow. Which is going to make it a little more challenging to do the dance part, but then that's what they want anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So this is Burning Man. This is Dance Dance Immolation. And unfortunately, they haven't raised enough money yet. So if you want to encourage people to be shot with flamethrowers, you can <laughs> donate via PayPal. Wow. I just love the website, interpretivearson.com. All right. Taking a different angle on the whole concept of dealing with fire, 
This is really a toy for Karen mm. at shrinkster.com slash seven. N is in November. G is in golf. And Karen, I'm hoping you can explain to me how. Oh, yeah, this yeah, thing yeah, is. yeah, yeah. No, no. This doesn't work. The website Go Your Way. Yeah. I actually makes a forwarded, product called The P Mate. I forwarded this email to like probably 15 of my friends, and we all agree that it's not possible. Because think about this, kids. How does it do that? Well, first of all, let's tell the listeners yeah, let's what it is. Let's sort of explain what it is. So what this is is a paper cone that a woman can use to pee through. Right. And it says you can do it with your pants on. You just slip the paper cone in. And in the photographs, you can click on the photographs on this, Carl, and it will show you like, you know, these women with pants on peeing like a man, which first of all, I don't I would rather be seen squatting. I'm sorry than like whipping it out in the middle of a concert, which is what they suggest to do. And second of all, it's not how your anatomy works because that's you know what I'm saying? Are you well, with you know, me on this? Did you see that the, to avoid embarrassment, they have versions of this that actually have a male member painted on the outside of it? So it, Yeah, that avoids embarrassment. Yeah. There you go. That I'm totally like willing to, you know, mm. your whole family's fine with that. So you won't stand out, that's all. Like, think about how confused your kids would be. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> What's mommy, mommy doing? Mommy, mommy, please. I what happened to mine? Yeah. No, but that's it. The place where urine comes out of a woman's body is not in the front. Yes, yeah, so in in the how do you section, they call that place the flow area. Would you say the area. how do you section? How, yes. how do you do that? Yeah, there's a how do you section with diagrams oh. and everything. Sorry, I thought you and, were talking about the anatomy. Still, no the the <laughs> flow area is <laughs> is not going to be contained by this cone. This is a this is just asking to be urinated on like like my daughter at Disney. Also, this is, a, this is a running gag here. This, what this is, is just to see how many women will pee on themselves in public. Right. Exactly. Also, it's made out of paper, and last I knew, paper only holds water for so long. So, well, it's got a hole in the end. It's designed to right. It's a cone, like a away. snow cone, like a snow. Right. Cone. It's only going to work once, though. You know. Oh yeah. It's it, you, you got to sell more. All right. All right. Buy them in packs. Yeah. I'll buy a but I, I needed your your insight into this. I looked at this thing and thought, a does anybody want this? And B, any chance of it all of it working? No, no. And you're basically telling me no on both counts. No, hey, on I don't both think counts. I don't think you can pass that judgment until you've tried. I, you know what? I did fashion a snow cone. No, I'm just kidding. I totally didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can just I see have... that Assman's going to send us more of these P-Mates things for Karen to use. There you go. Get <laughs> a few P-Mates to try them out. I mean, it doesn't even... How does it... Okay, think about it logistically, kids. How do you put it in... In your pants, because what it's saying is that you, have to you take can take your pants down. Yeah, but you can't. It said you don't have to. I'm, I'm going to take you to a technology toy, okay? A little less biological, a little more hardware. We like shrinkster.com slash seven. N is in November. H is in hotel. Seven NH. The company SL Interface and their product, The Rogue. Mm, it looks fun. What's it do? All right. What is this? It's intended to be a gaming machine. It's actually a PC about eight inches across. Think about a PSP, right? Your handheld PS2 machine, mm-hmm. but a bit bigger and a full-bore PC. Huh. They've built prototypes. The thing works. It's been shown off, but it's not in production yet. They're still tinkering with yes, it. they got some UI problems from UI problems in the sense that they don't have enough buttons to make it be a game. And then they got all these little rows of buttons across the bottom. 
Well, there's, there's a roll button across the bottom. There's the controllers on the surface there. But if you also look on the back picture, there's a set of buttons there as well. So for gaming, there's enough controls. For a regular PC, it's probably going to be a pain in the butt. I don't think there's enough controls. Pain. I'd actually, it's just not, I'm, I'm not seeing enough buttons on the, you need more thumb buttons. You've only got one there. It looks like it may be a. Oh, that's four buttons. Yeah, there's a four-way button. There's a four-way button. Yeah. Then there's a thumb scroller. The there's thing on the right on the is back. a roller ball. Oh, it's a roller ball. Mm. And then on the back, you've got top triggers, back rollers, and three other buttons per hand. Yeah. You know, there's I, a I, lot of controls on I, it. I, I, I have a problem in general with small devices with lots of buttons. In fact, I just got a new smartphone, the i730, I think it is, from Samsung that uh, has a little keyboard and stuff. And the only lifesaver is that it's actually got a little button that you can click with a hard click to lock the thing because when it's in your pocket every surface has a button on it and they all do something and you know you can't just pick it up and grab there's nowhere to just grab the phone to to physically move it somewhere without activating something yeah without actually pushing one of the buttons one of the reasons i like flip phones just to keep the buttons covered up clamshell phones yeah yeah so if you take a look at the spec section, the design of this thing is really clever. Uh, it's a 1024 by 768 screen, 8 inch across, which is not too shocking. That's a fairly inexpensive screen, so this thing might even be a reasonable price. But they've made both the main processor module and the graphic card modules removable so they can be upgraded. Mm. Now, how practical that's going to be long term, I don't know. Mm. But it's a great idea. Yeah. They're definitely thinking in terms of the fact that stuff's going to get cheaper and faster. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We were talking about the the buttons on this, Richard. If you double click on this, uh, uh, the video of the e three concept rogue playing the the these games, you actually see a way different model, much bigger with a lot a lot of buttons on the front. So they actually took the buttons off of the front. So interesting. Yeah. Mm. Cool. I wonder if the CPU module includes the motherboard. I think it essentially does. I mean, they do call it a module, and it sure implies that there's a lot more in it. For the the chipset and so forth is all on it, so it probably is most of what we consider a motherboard is in that module. All right, let's move on. Hmm. Moving along, because you know we got to lead a good toy with a bad toy. Oh no! So I'll go. Actually, this ties nicely into a previous show and my friend Karen's classic reference. Take a look at shrinkster.com slash seven and is in November eyes and indigo. Astroglide. <laughs> no Astroglide. No, no. It's the company Mimoco. Mimoco. Mimoco, and if you how, once that stupid flash thing loads, find the link that says Mimobots. It's the the dot above the eye. There you go, Mimobots. What are Mimobots? You might ask. Uh... They're collectible toys that are also USB keys. Because you can't get enough USB keys. Well, and if you're going to have USB keys, you might as well make them collectible. And you'll notice if you go through the site here that they have lovely stories about the collectible toys. They look like marital aids. Do they have cards that tell about their powers? Oh, yes. They talk about their flash events and mm-hmm. their taglines, their hobbies. That's right. My USB key has a hobby. Mm-hmm. Do they come in Happy Meals? <laughs> no, you know, but you can adopt. You them. know, when McDonald's mm. starts giving out USB keys and their Happy Meals, man, that's when I'll. <laughs> that's I'll be when happy. it's over. That'll be the end of it. So they do make gigabyte versions of these. If that's your need, you can buy a one gigabyte oh, collectible USB key for about one hundred and forty dollars. <laughs> that's hard. I know. I'm appalled too. That's I just nice. wanted you guys to know. 
I thought you were done with Japanese USB keys. No, or it's no. just food Japanese keys. food USB keys. No more food keys. Right, I guess and I broke that rule as soon as they made USB spaghetti. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that wasn't a key. That was an extension cable, you know. That's true. So, but really, it had memory in it, too, though. And you know, as much as I appreciate those guys sending us liquid ass, how come nobody sent me a, a tempura shrimp USB key? Yeah, really? Mm. What's really up with that? You really want to make us happy? Send us a Jaguar or something. <gasps> there you I go. I want tempura shrimp. Yeah, send us something that doesn't already <laughs> smell like us. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> or if you really want to send me something cool, send me one of these. Shrinkster.com slash seven. N is in November. J is in Juliet. Envy bike. The Env bike. So what is it? Mm. It's basically a dirt bike that runs on a fuel cell. Oh, nice. Ooh. Uh, that makes me happy. Isn't that cool? With zero the acceleration. The fuel cell unit is called the core, which is, you know, stupid. But it's a good idea that it's a removable fuel cell. One kilowatt fuel cell. So that's a significant amount of power. I mean, a thousand watt portable fuel cell. It has a battery pack as well. Does power storage so that it can give you burst powers up to six kilowatts. Should be enough to give you a pretty good acceleration on this thing. Yeah. What's the acceleration the, like? What's the torque from a top speed's cell? fifty miles an hour? Apparently, it gets there in a hurry. Nice. What do you mean a hurry? I don't know. I don't have all the specs on it. Sorry. The video is pretty cool, but it's definitely a completely rideable bike. This is a working product, and the rumor is we'll be going into production next year. Wow. The company's called Intelligent Energy, and they're really in about building fuel cells. They just wanted a proof of concept, and the bike's just sort of taken off on its own. You know, one of the things that's going to happen as we move into the future, as we get more and more vehicles that are going, you know, running off of electricity and fuel cells, is that we're going to have a lot more pedestrians walking right into the the path of these vehicles because they're not hearing them anymore. (laughs) They don't make a sound. Yeah, that's the spooky part. You're doing 50 miles an hour. The only noise you hear is the wind. That's especially difficult or dangerous with a motorcycle because one of the reasons people don't hit motorcycles so much is because they're so noisy. Uh, Richard, you said this thing was one kilowatt, right? Yeah. That's only one. That's less than one and a half horsepower. Right. That's That's not that much juice, man. No, it's not. But with a six kilowatt acceleration spike, that's enough power to get oh, you yeah, out of the not, hole. Anyway. That's not bad. I um, mean, it's not like it's going to do endos like a motorcycle, but at least it's going to go. <laughs> Says it goes zero to 50 in 12.1 seconds. That's pretty good. That's it's all a right. dirt bike. It's that's, not that, a motorcycle. The 70, 70, 1970s, you know, inexpensive Honda 350s were about like that. Yeah. I yeah, love it, dirt bikes. That's bike. reasonable. Love um, them. Yeah, yeah, there's work. only one thing about all this fuel cell hype and everything is that hydrogen isn't a fuel source. Hydrogen is just a way of getting power from one place to another. You still need to get the hydrogen either by, you know, you know, tearing apart, you know, propane, which produces pollution, or by doing electrolysis, which requires that you have a power plant somewhere, yeah. which is Actually, probably Actually, Jeff, I have burning. a new process I'm inventing in my ba- basement, which all, all it re- the only thing, it's pretty environmentally friendly. It only requires that I burn tires. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> at at 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> All uh, right, I want one. Find some investor money there. <laughs> Me too. Send us a couple of those and we'll be happy. Yeah, I'd love a couple of those anytime. So Send do, them do on. we have a price on these, Richard? Are they like $400,000 or actually, something? Actually, they're saying about six grand. Six really? Grand, really? But that yeah. does not include the fuel cell or does it? That includes the fuel cell. Oh. But it doesn't include bad. a source of hydrogen. Yeah, it doesn't include the fuel. It actually runs a methanol, so it's, oh, cra- really? it's oh. a methanol cracker as well. That's huh. actually, that's cool. That's that, not bad. That's actually really cool. That's not bad. All right, what you got? Other production fuel cell technology. Take a look at shrinkster.com slash 7N is in November. K is in kilo. 7NK. Take you to the company Ultracell, who are mm. making high-power micro fuel cells. 
and they now have a released product called the UltraCell 25. Hmm. Now, this is only 25 watts, so this is not enough power to really run, unless there's a very low-power laptop. It's not enough power to run a laptop. It's about the size of a paperback book. Runs on methanol, so it's a methanol reformer system. 25 watts is a heck of a lot of power for, say, a cell phone. The problem is you got to carry a book around to fuel your, your, your cell phone. On the other hand, since it is methanol, you can recharge it instantly. It's a horrible That'll, website. That by would the way. run not a like something a little bigger than a PDA. You know that'd run like a uh, that'd run a very like a twelve inch low powered laptop probably. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Some of the very low power laptops, this would be enough power for them. But you know, you know, the nice thing about this product is that it's really no voodoo. Look, there's a fuel cell. That's how big it is. This is how much power it creates. You know, its advantage is the instant recharge, clean waste. All you got to do is come up with your methanol source. Now, how much is that? Methanol is uh, is not hard to get. You can get no, that how much is this store. fuel cell? That's oh. a good question. How much is the product? And they're not advertising the price. I could not find the price. But they will happily take your contact information to let you know. Yeah, it looks like when you click on products and then UltraCell 25, you get a fill-in form, which is really, really annoying. Yep. Uh, you know, I want product information. I don't want to give you my information. Yeah. There's a PDF file on the site with some info. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still just more info. It's not what we need. Yeah. That's not the way to keep people coming back to your site. Let me tell you. No. Well, just because yeah. you're able to build fuel cells doesn't mean you have a clue about internet. That's true. Very cool, Richard. Very cool. Moving right along, I think we'll have to go into the weapons category. I don't know about it. This has got a vague pet reference to it. Shrinkster.com slash seven. N is in November. L is in Lima and L. The website's called Cat's Domain. I don't know what that means exactly. But what are they selling? Nice. <laughs> the world's most accurate slingshot. Wow. It's got a laser targeting system Sweet. that actually deflects with the band so that it'll show exactly where the BB's going to go. Yeah, I was going to say that would require where the band is. Well, look, if you look at the mechanism that it's mounted on, it measures the torque on the band. Hmm. And the you position know, that's pretty of the interesting because I actually was, was inventing a, a laser powered uh, cue stick for playing pool. <laughs> Or not laser wow, powered, but with a uh, pull stick, cue stick with a laser sight on that's it. That's a great idea. But you know, <laughs> the, the, you know, the problem is, is you know, it, it doesn't. It, the the damn cue ball keeps getting in the way, right? Because you want to see where the <laughs> shot's going to hit. <laughs> so we had to up the power on it, and then so it required the cue player, you know, wearing a backpack, and that's pretty much where it stopped in development, right you there. Just have to like, put a real also not so good for the cue ball that having that hole in it. Right, there were some changes. complaints. <laughs> we had some complaints from the International Cue Ball Federation. X-ray. So. Vision on your thing. You just have to get it up high enough so that it's over the cue ball. So this is cool, <laughs> That's man. a good Art way to Simpson. play pool, Carl. This is a serious slingshot. And, they, and they've got a video on it where they show splitting a pencil with a BB at 20 feet. Now, you don't need any sort of background check or licensing for this laser thing, but you could probably kill someone with it, right? Not with the laser, but with the projectile right. you fire out of it. Right. Sure. Yeah, but you can kill somebody with a rock, you know. That's true. I could, but this is sort of assisting me to do it from a... I, if I'm killing someone with a rock, you know that it's me doing it. I can do this from pretty far away. 50 20 feet. 20 feet's not that far. It's enough to conceal yourself. 
Yeah, you know, you so just hide about- hide behind like, you know, a bush or something. Exactly. So so this has got to take a couple things into consideration. It's got to take the 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 pull and the angle that you're pulling at, but it, I think it also should should take into account the weight of the of the ammo. Well, that would mean calculating ballistic trajectories and I don't think they're that smart. I think they should be that smart. Is this thing how how's this thing derive its power from to uh, to figure out where to is this is it all mechanical? It looks like it maybe all yeah, be it's mechanical. It's all mechanical. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's something that people mm. haven't been doing enough of lately. You can do, you know, calculations using the mechanical stuff. You just have to have the right gear ratios or whatever mm-hmm. and, you know, analog computer. Yeah. Now, if that's not enough weapon for you, <laughs> Jeff led me to a great link. Shrinkster.com slash 7 November Mike NM. If you're looking for a little more weapon, remember that? The top of the line slingshot there was $70. But instead, you could go to South Korea and for 100 bucks, they'll sell you a supersonic jet fighter. For $100? Yeah. 100 bucks. A supersonic jet fighter for 100 bucks. That's right. They're F5As, and they also have the two-seat version, which is the B. Available for to foreign nations for $100, just kind of a nominal price. Uh, the original developer of the technology, which would be the United States, has to agree to allow you to own it. But uh, other than that, yeah, go for it. Does that include shipping? Uh, no. no. You know, these aren't going to last long at this price, so you want to order now. Yeah. Yeah, buy it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, missing the buy it now link, isn't it? Yeah. So who's going to be approved by the United States to own one of these? Well, Singapore bought a few of them, and that was fine with them. We had to order some of these for Cindy Sheehan. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to need them to go. defend herself against, you know, our forces as we All launch right. them, you know, on her. So, to like 100 bucks. All the United States has to do is approve you. See, th- well, this is actually what I think they're doing is they're just waiting for, you know, terrorists to say, uh, yes, I, I want to buy this for a hundred dollars. United States. Yeah. Sure. No problem. Let's just send a couple of guys down to your place and, uh, we'll go over the paperwork. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's what go. it is. Maybe it's a sting. <laughs> that's true. That, that'd be good. A South it's Korean sting. All right. Well, you remember my whole commentary about the hamster and we looked at the fuel cells. Lear is bringing hamsters and battery charging technology together into one product, 7NO. So 7NO will take you to an Ananova news link about a 16-year-old kid who uses his hamster to charge his cell phone. You know, I had this idea when I was like 18. That's great. You know, I could have been on Ananova. Yeah, you know, damn. What really sucks is that the kid only got a C for his project. Damn. Really? And did it really power the phone? Really did charge the phone. I don't understand the C. Yeah, it works. It, How he much probably more didn't do it. He didn't do uh, good paperwork on it. And, uh, no, it wasn't go. the right he color. He, he was on the, the phone file a good time. abstract. Yeah. Yeah, this just goes to show you that school is a really accurate way of judging your abilities right. in the real world. <laughs> He's basically figured out a way to convert gerbil food into electricity. That's right. He should have just yeah. done a vinegar baking soda volcano and he yeah. would have gotten an A. That's right. With with <laughs> Yeah, you know, if we all had to generate our power by running on treadmills or or, pi- or biking bicycles, it really would cut down on pollution, but man, you know, <laughs> using a computer would suck. Yeah. I think about my place. All these machines. <laughs> you would be like Lance Armstrong. There you go. So not, well, you'd have, to, have hire to have three people. or four Lance Armstrongs here to keep the place running. Not only was he given a C for his project, but he get, got a D overall for the course. And this guy's powering s- s- cell phones with it, 
Hamsters. Hamsters. Well, Tough class. Know, part of the problem, if you look at this picture, is the wheel is too damn small. Yeah, that hamster <laughs> is, you know, yeah, the, the hamster's, hamster's kind of packed in there, isn't he? The hamster's like, dear God, you know, can I put my hand down? <laughs> wow, you're right about that. Uh, well, maybe, maybe he wanted to make it portable. That's probably what he's trying to do. And also, to- if you look at the size of the hamster compared to the size of the guy's face, you know, maybe the wheel is normal. Maybe it's just a really big hamster. Actually, you can see one of his eyes is pointing in the wrong direction. That might have something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's going to stalk you down, Carl. Finally. There you go. Oh, he's in England. He's in Somerset, England. That's why wow. he's not showing his teeth. Okay, hey, to the 16-year-old, what is his name? Peter Ash. Peter, listen to me, man. Carl's going to be there in London. Uh, When are you going to be there, Carl? October? You can track this guy down so easily. He's coming to you. This is the pitfall yeah, I'm just trying to get comedy. some of these stalkers off my back. Yeah, well, if his eyes are really crossed like that, he might not be able to find him so easily. Okay. Did you hear what she oh, said? God. Okay, I'll tell you where you can find You send me an email. I'll tell you where you can find Karen. Well, Peter, I, I just have to say, if you ever do listen to this episode of Mondays and you do hear this thing, I think it's cool, even if I thought of it I, first. Of course, so, I think it's props cool, Props for me. It's very cool. To close out my segment, let me take you to shrinkster.com slash 7N is in November P as in Papa, 7NP, and the fine website of Advanced Pet Products. Okay. They've now got four toys, which I'm going to humiliate in order. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm going to leave the Breezy Singer thing alone all by itself, because the whole idea of having a fake bird sing to you really disturbs me. Mm-hmm. The Mood Detector for Cats. <laughs> Hey, if the cat is purring, he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> Bilingual. Now, I could have probably used one of these as long as there's a mode that says, my leg is broken. What is bilingual? <laughs> the idea is that it it measures the kind of barks and will give you messages as to what your dog is trying to oh, tell you. Oh, that's right. I've oh, heard I of thought those. that meant you could talk out of your ass, bilingual. So, sorry. <laughs> uh. But the one I really want to make fun of more than anything, and I recommend you click on this thing is the cat attack. The cat attack. What do we click on? Buy now? No, the new New? button. I know, a great linking system there. So the cat attack with chaos wand technology. (laughs) So get this. It's got science in it using chaos theory and complex systems to wag the tail of this electric mouse. Wow. That's that's interpreted in programming world as a call to random of 13. Chaos theory. Wow. Your cat will believe it's a real mouse. You know what? For cat toys, nothing beats a laser pointer. I'm sorry. Oh, definitely. Nothing 100%. beats a laser pointer. Yeah. Plus laser you, pointers are perfect. Plus, you can Especially like point it to grandma, you know? The cat jumps. <laughs> Attack <laughs> grandma! Cat's yeah, grandma. No. like, why is this cat always attacking me? <laughs> the best thing about the laser pointer, too, is you don't have to get off your ass. You can just sit in a chair and make your cat freak out all over all the parts of your house you can see. <laughs> you don't have to move your arms or anything. It's great. So save your 20 bucks, skip Chaos Wand, get yourself a laser pointer, keep your cat busy. Or just a paper bag. Well, Richard, you know, seeing as how we have a sort of a pet uh, theme for this show... Uh, it seems to be appropriate that I talk about what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, which will be Sunday, August 28th. And that is uh, under, you know, for Pwop Productions, I'm producing a podcast for Nintendo, which is going to be, I'm going to be interviewing some people down in New York City at the uh, Nintendo World Store at Rockefeller Center, where they're going to be talking about um, 
gaming for girls and, uh, you know, uh, games for girls in, in non-competitive games. And the big game that they just released is called Nintendogs. And if you go to Nintendogs.com, Nintendogs.com, just like it sounds, kids, you'll see what this is. It's a game where you can purchase a dog basically from a list of, you know, whatever. It works on the uh, the Nintendo DS. You get a choice of dogs that you want to buy. You take one home, you feed it, you water it, you water it, you uh, play with it, you throw the ball, you throw Frisbee, you take it for walks, you pet it, you teach it tricks, and it learns the sound of your voice. And so you can uh, basically open it up and call it, you know, and it'll come to you. And uh, what's good about this is it's not just for girls, but basically it's a game that's all about the experience of the game and not necessarily a competition. So this is a new area that Nintendo is getting into. But Richard, you know, it's very Japanese, isn't it? Yes, it's very, very Japanese. Japanese. But the Japanese are huge on virtual pets. I mean, right. this is really a psyched up version of the whole Tamaguchi absolutely, thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Taken to another order again. But it uses graphics but, and, and uh, sound and voice recognition and, and Wi-Fi. The biggest feature of this is you go into this Wi-Fi mode called Bark Mode. You close up your Nintendo DS and you go meet somebody else who has a Nintendo DS. And when these things come in proximity to each other, your Nintendo DS barks at you. And you open it up, and the screen says, hey, you know, uh, Richard's dog, Booty, has come to play, and he's brought you a ball or whatever. And so then you can interact with both dogs at the same time, and you get a bunch of people together in a room. They can all interact with each other. But This is another really Japanese thing, this whole inability to meet people, so I need an electronic device to do it for me. Yeah, exactly, the social stuff. But one thing that's very interesting about this, though, that I I, I got a a unit and Nintendo sent me one to play with, so my daughter and I were doing it. We're playing with the dogs, you know, in proximity to each other. And unlike Halo or something like that, where everybody's looking at a different perspective of the same grid, you actually, everybody gets their own individual experience. So what I'm saying is she's not seeing what I'm seeing at the same time. She could be throwing the ball to both dogs and playing with both of them while I could be petting my dog's stomach and the other ones could be, you know, the other one could be just standing by. So so you in other words nobody nobody takes control of them. You don't have the group dynamics where you know there's like somebody who's sort of hogging the the dogs or whatever. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Nintendo dogs. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna That's build a podcast for them. We're gonna have it on a link on their site somewhere, and I'll talk about it when it's next week. I just heard out. from the Save Toby guys. They say they've got one coming out called Nintendo B. <laughs> oh, Save it's, Nintendo. It's basically the they've got a, it's it's a rabbit, and he's you know being slowly dropped into the uh, pot, and <laughs> you, you give money to PayPal Live, <laughs> and they pull him out of the pot. Excellent, Richard. Do you really have a dog named Booty? No, no, I don't. No. Zach is his. My dog dog's name. name is Zach. Oh, that's right. Right. It was a rhetorical. A rhetorical it's just name. A good rhetorical name, name. For a name. I mean, it's just a good name. It was a, a safer example. So, on the topic of um of really cute things, um, I've got another. Uh, I got another episode here. Um, so for this week's modern gothic flash videos, which is my new weekly segment. 
Um, oh, cool. I've got a, a series of videos that some of you have probably heard of. Um, now, usually I give a shrinkster URL for this. Uh, but in this case, I think it's kind of important that I give you the real URL. Uh, so you can just fire up your browsers and point it to www.fat. That's as in not skinny. Fat-pi.com. Uh, that hyphen's really important um, unless you happen to like naked fat chicks. So oh, yeah. go to, to fat-pi. Uh, if you don't want naked fat chicks. Um, and uh, this is the animation website of uh, David Firth, among other people. Uh, and there are a couple of series here that he runs. And I'd recommend that you pick any of the ones called Salad Fingers. Um, which salad I'm sure Fingers? Salad Fingers, yeah. Um, in fact, if, if I were you, I'd click Cartoons on the left. There's, the reason I gave you the root of the site, there's just so much amazing content here. Warning, these will upset children and the elderly, so please watch them in, at your own risk if you're, or if you're doing acid or mushrooms. No complaints, I've warned you. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and these, this is a serious warning. These are actually pretty disturbing, uh, sometimes graphically violent and just sometimes very weird. Salad fingers. Salad fingers. Oh. Um, and it's, Why do you know, I want to see this, man? Because it's great. It's absolutely great. It's uh, it's a good example of what sort of modern independent animation has gone to in the really surreal and freaky world. Which is well, to I, say, I don't mean sick. freaky. I'm just trying to cut down on graphical violence, man. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Ever since that episode with the busload of nuns, man, I'm still. Well, trying in to... that case, uh, for you, I'd click on the one called sock and watch that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> for you, I've got a, a website marked Disney.com. Yeah, it's good. Disney.com. They sell band-aids online. Oh, I was there, man. Oh, my very own Horace Horse Collar. Oh. You hold a welcoming texture. A pleasure for the tips. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's horrible, Where have you man. Gone to? Uh. <laughs> Yuck. And on that note, it's been fun, guys. And uh, I thank everybody. I want to thank everybody who's been participating in the show this week. Jeff Maciolik in Hudson, New York. Mm -hmm. Karen Greenwald right here in New London, Connecticut with me. Carl Franklin. Richard Campbell in Vancouver, British Columbia. And as always, Mark Miller in Hollywood, California. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. And I don't have anything to say at the end of the show this week. <laughs> have a good week.